Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Anthony with EdgeOnRegenshow.com, the place where we bring you the best of the best doctors in their niche and, of course, their profession. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of chronic pain has a lot to do with what's going on, on the inside. And sometimes people don't go deep enough to find out where that pain is. And so sometimes we go to a whole bunch of doctors, nothing wrong. We're talking with Dr. Mark Force here today, who's been with us on the show. And he has something special to talk about, something that you really want to pay attention to. Now, here's the cool part. You can see Dr. Mark Force. You can go to drforce.com, take a look at his website, what he does. But before we go a little bit deep, we're going to have him talk on something called Neurology of Gratitude. Now, before we start, um, I'm going to read this to you uh, folks out there. Before I do, remember caring is sharing. One video can change one person's life, believe it or not. I mean, hey, one man did it. And of course, God can use another man to do that. And I believe that Dr. Force has got something special here today. But before I pass on the mic and let him blow this up in the internet, gratitude in neurotransmitters transmitters, when we express gratitude and receive the same, our brain releases dopamine and serotonin. The two crucial uh, neurotransmitters are responsible for our emotions and they make us feel good. They enhance our mood immediately and make us feel happy from the inside. And before we move forward, Dr. Mark Forrest, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. Appreciate it. Yeah. You are a blessing more than you know. I uh, enjoy talking with you. Um, I wish we were closer, but then again, we could still have a cup of coffee. On Zoom. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. So uh, before we go into talking about neurology of gratitude, tell us a little bit about yourself, your practice, and what you do. Okay. So I'm a chiropractor by license. And I practice something called applied kinesiology, which is using muscle testing as a neurological exam to evaluate someone's nervous system. And when that's done properly, it combines Western medicine's diagnostics. So, you know, the, the eyes, nose, throat, heart, and lung, abdom abdominal, orthopedic, neurological laboratory imaging, all that stuff is still really important. You know, it's important to have metrics and know where people are at and know what you got done or not. Mm -hmm. So we do that in the office. And then it, it the the beauty of applied kinesiology is it's very integrated. It brings everything together. So um, I'm licensed as a chiropractor, but it, there's nothing that keeps me from doing osteopathic techniques, naturopathic hmm. methods, acupuncture methods. So those are all blended into applied kinesiology. It's all part of the whole. And so that's my very practice. Nice. What and would you I, say a lot of the people that go to your practice, what would you say um, 50% of them come for? Um, well, it's still, most people come, they come for relief, right? <laughs> come practice, come on. <laughs> they, they, come, they, come, they come for relief of suffering, whatever that is, right? Mm -hmm. whether, it's, whether it's their, you know, abdominal issues and digestive issues or whether it's chronic immune issues or whether it's depression or whether it's a shoulder pain or whatever it is, they come for relief of suffering. That's, that's the deal. Right. And then you have to figure out where it comes from. The really interesting thing in applied kinesiology is there's a model, it's called the triad of health. So you have a triad 
of three factors. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom is the, the physical, the neurological. One side of the triad is the biochemistry and the genetics, which determine a lot of the biochemistry. And on the other side is the mental spiritual. And they're all completely integrated. 100%. Yeah. So I'll tell you a story. I, I, I can tell you stories about this integration. Okay. So one is a gal. She came in for frozen shoulder syndrome. And she'd had it for many, many years, and it really troubled her. And she um, had seen a lot of different docs, a lot of physical therapists, seen a lot of chiropractors. Nobody had been able to help her. And when we did a workup on her, when I when I did the you know the exams and the labs and all this stuff, um, I said, "Look, you have a gallbladder problem. That's what's driving it. Mm-hmm. Your, your pain is a reflex pain." It, and you know, if you look at charts of reflex pain, gallbladder reflects right up into the shoulder. And, um, and so we, I gave her advice on, on how, what she needed to do as far as her self-care and treated her based on that to get that cleaned up. And we checked it at six weeks to see how we were doing and I hadn't gotten anything done. And so I said, Hey, we need to talk about this. And it turns out she had some unresolved conflicts with her husband. He'd done some things that really threw her off. They hadn't dealt with it. She was walking around with all this anger and resentment, which Mm -hmm. in Chinese medicine is related to the liver and the gallbladder. And so um, I did some work with her. I sent her for counseling. She got that all straightened out. And then her lab work changed. Her her shoulder pain went away. All that cleared up. You know, the the actually the chemistry of her body changed from getting that straightened out. And so that that was really early on in my work. And it made me realize how much I needed to always consider that that's a possibility for a person's pain, you know, Mm -hmm. emotional pain. We know what's uh, there's been a lot of research, say, for people with fibromyalgia and repetitive studies that say the same thing. When you take people that have fibromyalgia relative to a control group and you look at their family of origin, it, the, the, the incidence of family of origin stress as far as alcoholism and poverty and abuse and all these things is astronomically higher in the fibromyalgia group than in the control group. And so we know that those things drive illness, drive physical illnesses, right? Mm-hmm. So the mindset and how you handle things, and, you know, your level of internal stress or discord has everything to do with how healthy you are or not, right? You know, it's interesting you say that. Um, what would you say the percentages? Would you say it's like 50%, 60% of why we start to get chronic pain, maybe because of due to stress? holding unforgiveness in stuff like that it's really high it's <laughs> <laughs> really high do i have a do i have a percentage um well let's let's go to cellier uh han cellier was a canadian endocrinologist an md um, who did the research into stress you know last century 40s and 50s and developed a model of stress that we use today so he developed that so when and he, we didn't talk about stress the way we do now until Cellier's work. Mm-hmm. So according wow. to Cellier, there are four stressors. There's physical, there's chemical, there's mental, and there's thermal. Those are the four stresses. That's it. So it's not, when we talk about stress, it's not all mental. Right. Stress, not all emotional stress. So it's all stress. 
basically the reason people get illness is because there's too much stress for them to adapt to whatever mm-hmm. that is. And you have to figure out what that is. It's wow. just that oftentimes it is the emotional stress. that's a huge driver of their illnesses, right? Wow. And they so and oftentimes they don't recognize it. They know they just have stomach pain. They know they have headaches. They know they have this, that, and the other thing. They don't, they know they don't sleep. They know that, you know, they know all these things, but they don't tie it to their, their emotional stress. Wow. Right? So let's pretend I come to you and I'm, I'm coming to you and I'm saying, you know, I'm really tight here. Yeah. And um, I just need a, just an adjustment. Do you just suggest me right away? Or do you ask a lot of questions? How does that look like? Well, I'd like to get context. So history is everything. Mm. History is everything to understand where you need to be with a person. Mm-hmm. And uh, George Goodhart, who founded applied kinesiology, he was a brilliant physician. I mean, he was unbelievably good diagnostician, you know, really astute observer of people. And he said, a patient will always diagnose themselves if you listen to them closely enough. And it's really true. So you know, if you really get it, if you really, you know, ask for a full history, you'll start to get the picture and start to realize mm-hmm. it can be, I'm treating it. I'm, I have a relatively new patient. I've only seen him for a couple of weeks so far and he's a retired cop and he has restless leg syndrome. Oh, okay. okay. And it's to the point where he doesn't sleep and he's sleep deprived and he's got all these other problems that, you know, wait, you know, just ripple out from there. Right. Where did it come from? Mm-hmm. Right. And you get into his history and you go into all the things he dealt with as a cop. And he was in a bad part of town and was always dealing with some really ugly things. And that that created that so much hypervigilance in his system that it's breaking down from still running in the background all the time. And so I know for him, a large part of getting him better is going to be giving him the tools to retrain that, right, to reformat that. So he's not always on the edge, right? Waiting for something to go bad. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, it was interesting. That's where go the energy of gratitude comes in because it reframes things. It reframes your thinking. It reframes how you look at the world around you. Let's talk about that. Like, yeah. how does that reframe? How does it really, how, yeah. how would you help refer, like, like, how would you help with showing, um, how we would need to be looking at the neurology of gratitude, like yeah. just some so, steps. So let's, let's, let's talk about the structure of it. Okay. How, how it happens, right. In the brain, you have something called the reticular activating system. Okay. And it's a filter. It's a filter for sensory information. So everything you see, you hear, you feel, you taste, you, t- you know, every, all of it, all the sensory information goes through that system. Mm-hmm. It filters out the background. So, Think of reading a book. You're not aware of anything around you. You're completely immersed in what you're reading. You're not aware of the clock ticking. You're not aware of the traffic outside. You're not aware of anything. And then you hear the squeak of a door hinge. And all of a sudden, you're right into the room, right? Mm -hmm. That's a reticular activating system that does that. Okay. So it filters out or filters in what you've told, what you've trained it to look Mm -hmm. for. And it's a survival mechanism. You know, it's in, in it's at some level, the reticular activating system is a is a primitive function in the brain to correct to filter out and have you focus on anything that might be a threat. Okay. But you can use that and reframe it from looking for everything that's a threat to looking for everything that 
is beneficial. Okay? Oh, that you makes sense. Because you can train it. You can train it either way. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you train it by what you focus on. Mm. Motion. Anything that you focus on in terms of your attention with emotional connection to it, you train the reticular activating system then to filter for that. How do you train it though? By, by your attention. What you by what you're on, focusing on. What you focus on mm -hmm. and what you have feeling for that you focus on. Okay. Train the reticular activating system to filter for. So this could be for anything. This is for anything. So, is, so you, how about you an example? Eat. I struggled with eating chips, french fries. And I know that I shouldn't be eating french fries, but man, I really want french fries, but my body is just not. <laughs> are you following me? I, I, I'm just using up a weakness of mine. Yeah. No, I get it. I allow myself. I, when I when I do a road trip, when, I, when I'm on a road trip, uh -huh. I allow myself one bag of Doritos on the road trip. I love it. One bag. <laughs> one small bag. Yeah. Oh, small. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's my cheat when I'm when I'm traveling. Um, but the um, well, we can talk about addiction too. Okay, we can talk about as part of this whole thing. We can yes. talk about addiction. Mm -hmm. um, so, what about the chips? What about that? So, when you eat chips, what, what do you want to know about that? Well, how do I stop eating the chips? But that's a weakness of mine. Because point. you attach yourself to something different. Okay, so I got to reattach and then find something. Yeah, you got to find something different. Okay, you know, you know in, in AA, it's done all the time. You attach yourself to coffee and sugar and you know other things and. You know, you feel, take your focus away from alcohol. You're right. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily uh, uh, an optimal strategy. Right. Interesting. Okay. Other things to do. Um, so in terms, we're kind of on addictions now. Let me do that. And then we'll circle back to the next yeah. Because mm -hmm. it'll be, it's useful for that conversation. Right. So there's this animal behaviorist named Conrad Lorenz. I don't think he's living anymore. This mm -hmm. research was done a while back. And he studied mostly birds and mostly ducks. Okay. And he wrote some very seminal books on animal behavior mm -hmm. that we can learn from a lot from. So basically birds have three drives. They have the drive for territory, for food and for reproduction. Okay. Mm -hmm. Three things they want to satisfy. So those are the three, three primary drives. And if they're not able to satisfy those drives, then they express displacement behaviors. Mm -hmm. So he observed that they have displacement behaviors to offset the stress of not being able to satisfy their primary drives. Okay. So a small bird tries to run up against a, a larger bird to control territory and can't. Okay. The way he displaces that stress is with the displacement behavior where he might, he might pick apart a leaf. He might pull feathers out of his, you know, wings. He might mm -hmm. eat his beak up against a, you know, tree you know, any number of things that are typically self-destructive expressions of that frustration, right? Mm -hmm. That's the definition of, a, of addiction, right? I like that. Yeah. Doing That's, this, basically doing the same thing over and over, expecting right. a different result. And we're just trying to displace our frustration on something to right. relieve that stress. You're right. Yeah, but the reason that we have it is because we didn't satisfy a primary drive. Oh, okay. Okay. I like, so the that. Question, I like that. The reframing hmm. is to ask, what is it that you really want? What is it that you actually want? And what do you need to do to satisfy that?
Because mm. when you look at primary drives, they came from somewhere. I like that. You're they were given to us. We're not talking about the superficial drives. I'm talking about really deep, meaningful drives for a person like you defining, you know, for your kids, what you, you want to, you want to provide for them. Right. You, 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 we had this conversation before we started here about you wanting to make sure the kids were able to have what they needed to succeed. Right. And that's a primary drive for you. And they're pure, you know, superficial mm -hmm. drives might not be pure. But if you go underneath them and find the where they came from, mm -hmm. right, they're pure and they're good. And when you express them, they're going to benefit more than you. They're going to benefit other people too, right? I love it. So I have a question. Oh, so you said, huh? no. Go for it. I'm sorry. I got because I'm itching on something, but go for it. So I'll just close this with Pablo Picasso. He said, the meaning of life is to find your your." your mission, right? Or your, or your talent, your gift, your meaning of life is to Which find is connected to your mission. No, your like, let's see. The purpose of life is, to, let's see. The gist of it is, is the thing you have to do is find your gift. Mm -hmm. And then for meaning, it doesn't have meaning until you give it away. Dude, I love it. That's, that's, so, that's so true. It's funny. I remember this old pastor years ago. He would say the only thing you keep in life is what you give away. Right. And it's, it's, it's very universal. You know, my question to you is this. So we're using potato chips. Okay. We'll, we'll just use that as, would you say that maybe we're weighing things while my addiction's up here, but this is potato chips compared oh, to addiction. Would you say they're, they're pretty much the same, but we put them on different levels so that. Well, they are on different Okay. We are at different levels. I mean, eating potato chips is. Yeah. Good. Yeah. But too much of anything is a good, I'm saying too much of anything could be a bad thing. Too much of anything is a bad thing. That's correct. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But right. what I'm saying is let's say, okay, let's say they have an addiction to alcohol. We'll use something stronger. That's the back of potato chips. So alcohol would it, or smoking, you know, um, I, this is my opinion. Yeah. It's just an opinion. Um, if you have facts, I'd love to hear it. But I, I feel like, let's say you struggle with smoking or you have an addiction to, we'll say sex or whatever it may be. I feel like it's the same thing. You just have to know what something just as big to put in place of that. And then to understand, talk it over with yourself. What is it doing to me? How is it really making me feel? Who is it affecting and when we start to do that, then I feel like things start to fall in place. Yes, it's a little bit heavier. Yeah. What are your, your your thoughts on that? The difference between having a potato chip addiction versus an alcohol forget addiction? The, forget about the potato chip. You know, I'm saying we, so, I, I, so I, I question, almost look at it would be the same, meaning not the same because it's two fun, different things. The, the fundamental drive is the, is the same. Right. You're using something to distract you from exactly i'm not meeting your most meaningful desires right, right. Mm -hmm. your 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 deepest desires or drives right and so you find something to make you feel comfortable of not from not doing that mm -hmm. right and so the question is always you know what do you most deeply desire what what's in what's inherent to you correct what's your innate nature you know what were you gifted with right everybody's been gifted with something right 
And the trick is to find it and then manifest it in a way that it serves not just you, but it serves other people too. I, I love it. You know, and it's I've been, interesting. I've been at Go this ahead. a long time. I've been in practice for 38 years now. And I get really clear about people. Commonly people are sick because they, because they have inside of them that suffering of not manifesting their deepest desires. Right. And, yeah. hundred percent. And also unforgiveness. Yep. That's another part of it. Which is a, a huge root. I deal with that all the time. The, 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 I try to get people to the, to the sacredness of being human, <laughs> you know, because we have this false image of perfection. Correct. Right. And then, and then we suffer because we can't achieve perfection and mm -hmm. we, we, we diminish what we, what we have and what we can do and what we can give and when we do that. Right. And if we, if we can get to the place of the sacredness of being human, Amen. right. Being okay with that, you know, emotional and right. And it's, it's such huge. a beautiful, it's such a beautiful thing. Right. And then people start to really thrive and they, they, they're able to open up their, their wings and fly, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. It's interesting. I, I brought up smoking. So I, I never smoked my entire life. I went through my first, I went through my, uh, I went through a divorce in 2013. And the first thing I went to was a cigarette. Mm -hmm. This is no joke. True story. And I never smoked my entire life. And I picked up a cigarette and I was smoking like I was smoking. It was like not even a big deal. Yeah. It, it became a stress for me. Yeah. And smoked off and on trying to let it go. It was hard because it had a Kung Fu grip on me for about three years. And then I was ashamed of smoking because I hid it from my kids. Uh-huh. Right. And um, I didn't want to, I didn't want them to think that I ever, that, that was okay. So I, I would not smoke and I would pick them up. And then one day I'm like, you know what? This is ridiculous. So you're going to laugh. I started eating a lot of sunflower seeds. Every time I got the urge, I ate sunflower seeds because oh, there was movement in the mouth and uh, basically dropped it within a week. Yeah. See, that's a strategy, right? You, you got to have a stra exit strategy. Yeah. You got to, you got to plan. And then it's interesting too, because you to you're not going to do this. You have to say, I'm going to do this. I'm right? going to do this. And, and it's interesting too. I don't know if you do this in your, in your practice, but in your office, and it's something that I've done with people is when they have this, how can I say, unforgiveness, mm -hmm. I try to help them to, 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 to speak it out with their own yeah. words, with their own mouth. It has to, you can't think it, you got to speak. There's something about the spoken word, just like in the book of Genesis, yeah. God spoke, he spoke with words. And then yeah. in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, he said, and let us, plural, make man in our image. So he's giving authority to us to have authority, which a lot of us don't realize we have authority. We have power. We have strength. You know, I mean, the same universe that was created by God is now living inside you. And if we start to tap into that, not say you're God, but like a God life of a likeness, right. you become a new creation. When you tap into that, now you're people will call it grounding, but I'm going to go deeper than that. You're connecting. You're connecting yeah. right away. And when you connect, now the body will able to start to heal itself. That's why it's, we got to watch what we eat. And in that process, you're, take, you're taking responsibility for Come what you're given, right? Yes, yes. 
And when you, and it's so free, like one of the things I love to do when I know I screwed up is tell the truth. I, I just want to get it out. Uh-huh. Even if it's real fast, I just want to get it out because I said it. Yes, I screwed up. I shouldn't have said that. And I meant it, but I didn't mean it, but I said, it. <laughs> you know, it's, be, it's like, because I don't want that to start haunting or taunting me because it will, your thoughts will start. The battlefield is here. And then if the battlefield is here, so what does that mean? I need to be careful with what my eyes are seeing. I need to be careful what I'm connecting my heart to. And then what I'm seeing is what I'm putting in my mind. And these seem hard, but once you continue to do it, you start to realize, wait a minute, I don't need to go get TRT. I need to change the way I'm eating. Yes. Not saying TRT, some people don't need it. But most people, it's a mental thing. People say, Mark, why you got all this energy? I go, because I got the Holy Spirit in me, man. It's pretty awesome. And, and he gives me that energy. He gives me that drive because I know where it comes from. When you know where something comes from, now you're able to walk into that clarity and then into that purity of it. And most of the people I'm seeing, again, I'm not a doctor, but I, I'm seeing even at church, let me tell you, they need doctors in the churches because they're holding it all in. And you wonder why they're getting prayer. And they're the same people coming for prayer over and over and over because they're not releasing. Right. Um, you have a mission. You're, you have clarity of mission. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. People who have clarity of mission, they're happy. So often I see people and they say, well, I want to, I, I want, I say, what is it that you want? What can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, I, I want to not have this problem. And I go, well, why? And they look at you puzzled. Like <laughs> why? I go, well, what are you going to do with it? Oh, why is it important to you? Why is it meaningful to you? And what are you going to do if you don't have this thing hindering you? I love it. It's going to be meaningful for you right so true deeper reason you want to not have that hip problem or that stomach problem or the whatever right Mm -hmm. and that's really important and consistency is a key and i'm learning this not saying i'm mr attainer i'm i'm learning this it's a it's a it's a it's a marathon it's not a sprint (laughs) and i'm learning that the more that I do that, I'm able to be a better husband. Mm-hmm. I'm able to be a better father. Yeah. I'm able to be more attentive. And it's so interesting how everything is almost in threes. It's how you and I were talking about that. This whole three thing, you know, father, son, Holy spirit, rose the third day, Jonah in the whale for three days, you know, Jesus passed away at 33. It's, it's interesting how even we're created in our core in three parts. If you really look at it, uh-huh. you know, um, and I really, when I, when I read that is, you know, for as he thinks in his heart, so he, so basically he is. And of course, as we said, it's not just men, it's men and women. <laughs> the Hebrew language is a little bit different than that it is today, but, but it's, it's the truth. And we also got to be careful. I believe to stay within that consistency is even music, even the type of music, because there are refugio sounds that are in music. Mm-hmm. because our bodies believe it or not is basically like a tuner 
I don't know if you would say that. Yeah, that's right. This is, it's the reason that there's, you know, there's some musicians I really like and just love their work. Yep. But they'll, they'll put out a particular song that it has words in it that I can't listen to, right? It, it might even have a great tune, you know, a great beat or whatever. I'm the same way. Like, as I hear that and I just go, I need to turn that off. Or yeah, just, I, like uh, my, my son loves Kanye West, right? He's a Kanye West fan. You know, it was before he got weird. So, um, you know, just praying for him, not talking bad. Right. But but um, I'll let him know, listen to the words, be careful. Right. You might not think it's affecting you, but it's affecting you somewhere, somehow. Watch what you're listening to. You know, I can only tell them so much and they make that choice and learn the hard way or the easy way. And it's interesting is when I like, if I do like, because I like hip hop, I like a little bit of everything. I'm a big Eagles fan. And then I, I like, you know, whatever hip hop, I'll even a little bit of country. I'll give me some Garth and some Alan Jackson. But, but what's interesting though, is if I really like a beat and I don't like the words, I'll go download the, uh, the, just the beat. Oh, huh. Right. And you can do that with any music and I'll That's just cool. download it. Yeah. Any, any music you can just put, um, whatever song you like and just put instrumental. They take out the words. Oh. And so I'm like, awesome. I had, I had no idea. That's really yeah. cool. You can also create a, a reel on your own Facebook where you can have just instrumental and you can make your own little playlist and it's free, Thank you. but Oh yeah, totally. And so, I mean, that's what I do. You know, like I like, uh, uh, you know, I relate a lot with my son because of his music. So like in the club from a 50 cent, you know, I don't like the words, but Hey, I like the beat Dr. Drake. I don't like the words. I like the beat. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's just because I have to be careful because my mind starts to go other places. We don't realize that whatever's coming in, your mind starts to develop and we got to make you be careful. When I go to bed, I listen to audio. Every uh -huh. time I go to bed, I have the Bible playing the book of Psalms. Uh-huh. Cool. I have to. And uh, I see the difference. I feel the difference because when you're sleeping, people, even doctors can't even, they don't even understand it, how we sleep because when we sleep, we're basically in a coma, meaning they don't understand how we just automatically get up and just, it just, it just happens. And it's the way light created us, you know, with the light, you got to have the darkness with the darkness, you fall asleep, the light, you get up, you know, um, you know, you got storm, you got sunshine, you know, it's just the way everything cohesively works together. But it's so interesting because when you're sleeping that the energy off the words are actually coming in here, we don't even realize it. you're actually, you could still learn while you're sleeping. You know, yes. Anyways, I could, I, I love this stuff. So um, <laughs> well, that kind of segues into talking more about the reticular activating system. Yeah, let's, let's do that. So, so you, the it filters what happens around you based on what you trained it to filter. What you surround yourself. So you know, everybody knows a person who, no matter what happened through the day. Life sucks. Everything's bad. They pick up everything out of what happened the day and filter it for everything that's terrible and horrible and catastrophic and mm -hmm. icky about their life. Exactly. And they don't see any of the rest of it because they, they've trained their mind to filter it out because they focused on feeling the, that suffering, all those terrible things and really feeling them. Exactly. They actually trained their mind train the reticular activating system to look for more of that. Mm. It will find it. 
I like that. Really you know, good. It's a lot like Google. Think about that. When you're on your Google computer, whatever you're searching, you're going to get more of you're it. You're going to get more of it. Yep. So if you're getting bad stuff that you shouldn't be because you're clicking on this to click on that and then you're on a rabbit hole and you're and now you're in the matrix, boop, boop, boop. And then you're like, oh, schnapple. I got, I just got my hands I did in the cookie it. jar. I did that. Right. Uh -huh. It's not something, somebody else doing that to me. I did it. Exactly. A hundred percent. So then you have, you have somebody else who, you know, no matter what's going on, you know, they've got a smile on their face and they're handling, dealing with it. Right. Cause they've trained their mind to filter everything in their environment for what's good. What's, what's, what, what, what uh, gives them pleasure, what gives them satisfaction, what, you know, what's enjoyable, what's, you know, exactly train their mind for that. Yeah, and then yeah. so they see, and then because they train the reticular activating system for that, they see more of that. They yes. they're able to pull it from everywhere. Um, a lot of people talk about the, um, the secret, right? Yeah. The secret. You manifest things around you. Mm -hmm. You don't manifest things around you. They're always there. But whether or not you see them depends on how you trained your mind to look for things. You're right 100%. Because if I were right now to switch, like, I'll give an example. Just We'll just do it for kicks and giggles. So I'm going to do it for five seconds. Yeah. Okay. And then what I want you to do is whatever you see in front of you. Okay. Um, I want you to, I'm going to count to five seconds. And then let me know how much red you see starting now. One. Okay. Two, three, four, five. Stop. How many pieces of red or did you see? Twelve. Twelve. How many uh, pieces of pink did you see? <laughs> I didn't see any because I wasn't looking for it. You weren't looking for it. That's how it is for us. Like really, exactly. it, it really you, is. You have it perfectly. And, so, and not only that, but just let's jump a little bit more. I was thinking about this today, right? I was talking to a friend, and I got some some family things that are pretty heavy, right? And my, my my buddy hit me up and he goes, dude, how are you dealing with that, bro? And then I had another guy hit me up, best friend. How are you dealing, man? You're so chirpy and happy. Yeah. Because I started to realize there's a scripture that says in the Bible, man plans his ways, but God directs his footsteps. If I really believe that, when something happens bad in my life and it looks like a very bad storm, I'm going to start thanking God for the storm. Mm -hmm. Because it does say that in all things and all, no matter what you go through, good or bad, worship God. And I'm like, you know, it's so true because am I going to only worship him when things are going great? Shouldn't I be worshiping him just as much as when things are going good and when things are going bad? Because you know what? He's not that genie in the bottle where if we just rub, we just rub the right way, we're going to yeah. get what we want. And so when I started to realize, and I'm telling my brain that, wow. Storms aren't that bad. It gives me another way to think about it. So now I'm looking at it with another angle. What's the blessing in it? And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, that's, that's oh, the, that's the blessing. I get it. There's a, there's a concept in Stoic philosophy. It's called amor fati, love mm. faith. Whatever happens, you go, good. <laughs> you know, what happens, you go, good. Okay, and then you, and then you figure out where the where the good is in it, right? What you what you gain from that. I when I was when I was fifteen, I was given a gift, 
and the gift was um i i got mono and then i developed viral uh viral uh driven um chronic fatigue immunodeficiency syndrome mm-hmm. it ended up being ulcerative colitis wow really sick and my mother took me to one doctor after another none of them were able to help me and um and then i sat across from a gastroenterologist who said well we're son we're going to put you on prednisone if that doesn't work we're going to take your colon out and so i when we were driving home i asked my mom to drop me off at the library and and I went and I introduced myself to the librarian and I said, I'm in real trouble and I need help. And anything that you can find me that might help me understand what I need to know, I'd really appreciate it. So that whole, and I, and from that, I got better from what I, what she, some of the things that she, she led me, got for me to read. And in fact, one of the things that she got me to read was a book by Hans Selye. We were talking about Hans Selye earlier, mm. a book called The Stress of Life. And she found me this book. The Stress of Life by Hans Selye. And I read that book. I got to get that book now. And it, it led me to understanding what I needed to do to get better. Wow. And then, and then so that was a gift. That whole experience was a gift of having ulcerative colitis. Because if I hadn't had that, I wouldn't be talking to you right now about this stuff. Right? That's, that's amazing. I do. Right? For my two daughters, two of my daughters doing the work. You know, it wouldn't, none of that would have happened if I hadn't had that. Um, her right well that was a gift and then we have to we have to understand that those are gifts yes if we can you're 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 right and i could even maybe go as far to say it as i i love numbers so i'm very much into like numbers i mean remember jesus spoke to five thousand. he fed them they asked him so uh hey how can we uh do do these miracles like you and he's like you know what you want me to show you said, believe in me. They didn't really like the answer. So from 5,000 to 500, 500 were thinking like, huh, the rest left. Why are we sticking around? And then he looked back, they were gone. Then he saw 12. Are you guys going to leave me too? So (laughs) there's a numbers. Those numbers are huge. I, I, when I look at those numbers, I'm looking at, we've got 3% of the population. If we're lucky that have that type of mentality, because if you look around, man, people are walking around like zombies. Mm-hmm. They're in pain. They're focusing on the pain. This always happens to me. Oh, my goodness. Right? What am I going to do? How am I going to afford this? How have you always afforded it? Has it's, somebody, it, it, has somebody it, not always provided? I'm just saying. Yeah. And then the more you indulge in that, in that process, the more you reinforce the process. You're, you're, you're right. And then all of a sudden, you literally feel like that presence. Right. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody knows what we're talking about. And then your whole world, that's all there is, right? Exactly. I mean, you could be walking your dog and you'll get crapped on because you're thinking so negatively. Right. You get hurt walking your dog. I mean, it's, it's, it's that bad. So then the question is how to flip that, right? How to flip it. Yeah, how to flip it by what you focus on, what you choose to focus on. Exactly. Well, let's talk. And, let's yeah. cut. Can you marinate a little bit on that? Yeah. So um, heart math is a group that um, has done some really nice research mm-hmm. on uh, on stress. Oh, okay. They, they have a biofeedback um, nice uh, device called an M-Wave. It's a fantastic biofeedback unit that I mm-hmm. recommend a lot for patients. But their primary process they, they use is heart-focused appreciation. Wow. So what you do is you, you, you 
you pick something that you're intre- incredibly grateful for, you know, or multiple things, people, you know, what all those things that you're grateful for. And you think about those things and feel them in your heart. Mm. And they found that that has makes incredible changes on your nervous system. Oh, it does. It's, they did a real interesting study a few years back where they took cortisol and DHEA levels. You know, and those are associated with affected mm-hmm. by stress. Mm-hmm. So with stress, you'll get high cortisol and you'll get depletion of your DHEA levels. Mm-hmm. So that's your system weakening from stress over time. And they just gave them heart focused appreciation for, I think it was six weeks. And then they retested them before and after their cortisol and their DHA levels. The cortisol went down, the DHA went up, they were healthier from that alone. Right. Wow. So as you, as you, as you practice, as you use that practice over time, you, you're, you're training your reticular activating system by what you're focusing on and feeling it intensely. And you're, tr- you're, you're training your reticular activating system to find more of that. Wow. Right. To mm-hmm. see more of that in the world around you. And it's always there, but now you can see it and now you can bring it in and embrace it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've talked with a lot of men that have certain struggles and, um, you know, we have a men's Bible study that we do and on zoom and, it's normally a lot of the struggles are kind of the same thing over and over. Yeah, so after sure. a while, you, you almost kind of feel like a doctor, <laughs> you know? Oh, okay. Okay. You're doing this. You ask some questions. And it's interesting. Every time I bring this up, because they're like, I just can't overcome it, man. I just can't go. Well, number one, you look at your wording. You already told your receptors in your brain that you can't do it. Exactly. So you've already told the computer that you can't. So we can stop right there. I go, but let me ask you a question. I want to get you to feel for a second. I hit on their emotions. I go, let's pretend I'll use, I'll use little wife's baby. Yoda. I said, let's pretend <laughs> this is your child. I love it. You love your child, right? Yes, I'll do anything for my child. Awesome. What if I put a gun to it, to your child? And I said, if you look at that, if you do that anymore, I'm going to kill your, 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 your son. Would you stop? Yes, 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 yes. Of course I would stop. I would do anything. I would stop. I would stop. You, you would what? I would stop. Okay. Did you hear what you just said? First, you told me that you can't. Now you're telling me that you would. Yep. Now you're telling me that you, you will. Your word is changing. So what this, what's going on is that it's not necessarily the sin or the struggle, whatever you want to call it. The rack isn't high enough for you. The consequences aren't high enough. But when you know there's consequences and they're really high, you're willing to change. But until then, you don't want to change. You can't. You don't want to change. Right. Because you like it too much. So what you got to do is you got to come back and see, wait a minute, if I don't change, it's going to affect everything that I love. And it'll start to ruin. Not just him or her, but everything around that's connected to her because of you, because of the root. If you don't handle the root right now, yeah. you might as well just say you're pulled trigger girl or gal. There's, Anyways. There, there's a metaphor there with that child too. Hmm. And that's your deepest nature. Dude, that's so true. I didn't realize I got the little, little baby doing, right here. What are you doing? <laughs> your deepest nature, right? Yes. Yeah. So true, man. 
I mean, who knew that a lizard could help out with this conversation? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, this has been amazing, by the way. I I have thoroughly enjoyed this. You too. And I mean, you and I can talk on and on and on and on and on this subject. But before we go, my friends, and those of you that are that are in, in, Dr. Force, what's the exact area that you're living at in the exact town? Oh, I'm in Southern Oregon, in Ashland, Oregon. Yeah. Southern Oregon. I'm actually in Vancouver, Washington. So I'm right? 20 minutes from Portland. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come visit you. I promise. Yeah, you do. I will. We'll have a cup of coffee together, whatever. But here's the thing: those of you that are in Southern Oregon, you want to make sure you go take take a look at drforce.com. We're talking about healing on the inside, right? But we didn't yeah. even go deep into the hands, my friends. Sure. Let me tell you something. My father had cancer. He only had, back when I was a kid, he only had, they said, about a month to live. The guy was a bodybuilder. I saw him. He was skin and bones. Could barely talk. He's like, oh, son. He's very just, it was taken. His whole body he was done. Guess what happened? At my church, they laid hands on him, prayed for him. The guy's still living. Now he's bothering me. My point I'm saying is that we have healing hands in us. So here's a beautiful thing. If you go see Dr. Mark Force, you're not just getting a chiropractor. You're getting someone that's in tune and that's willing to be used by God. And you will get healed. That's the mission. That's it. You will get healed. Not, oh, am I? No, this is not. This is not. You will get healed if you want to. That's That's part of the process. I have something popping up in my head about a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh-huh. He has a saying, and it's such a great saying. He says, you're always safe in service. That's a good one. Isn't that great? I, li- I like that. You're always what you're safe doing, if it's serving, you're safe doing it. Come on, man. Anyways, now, now I'm thinking about a song. <laughs> I was thinking about God's got the whole world in his, in his hands. And God's willing in using your hands and helping you change other people's lives. I just want to thank you for what you do and how you're serving. And uh, you are a blessing, my friend. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. We'll talk. We'll talk later.